listening to the Cock and Bull Podcast, a history thing. Yeah! We couldn't decide whether or not we wanted to rip off uh, the dollop or sawbones. So anyway, uh, I'm no, Spencer. No, no, we absolutely did. We ripped off the dollop. I've ripped off the dollop on every podcast I've ever done in weird, varying ways. Is it that we're both angry socialists? Uh, Is that it, the Dave Anthony energy that we rip off in everything we do? Might, it might be. Definitely with this one. It's weird. It was definitely very more to the dollop on this one because we both started as more angry generic libs. And then as we've right. gone on, we've become more angry socialists. Some of our growths came quicker than others. I I, I won't deny no, that. No, you know, we're not here to judge. Everyone gets there in their own way. We're still waiting for Gareth. He'll get there eventually. Someday. That over there is Nathan. I'm Spencer. Hello. And Nathan, March 29th. Ooh, very dangerously. 15 days close to your birthday, give or take. I don't do math. 1561. Oh, shit. We're getting a good one here, guys. Anytime we go back to uh, Crusades times, it gets good. Santorio, Santorio. That's, wait, pardon? All right, is that a, a place or a name? That was name? a name. That was the name. Fuck you. <laughs> that was not a New York, New York situation. Fuck you. You can't just name a person the same thing twice. That doesn't work that way. Not since Mario Mario has this been allowed. Santorio was born in the village of Capodistria in the Republic of Venice. Oh, you- He's the Venetian man. So what we're saying is, is that the only culture that allows you to name a person the same name twice is Italian, because it's it's Santorio, Santorio, and then Mario, Mario, and they're the only two that are allowed. Yeah. Okay. No, they've got it in one. They got it. They, now, they nailed it. Now, let's say that the name Santorio, Santorio doesn't ring a bell. Well, it, it, it rings a lot of things, but a bell ain't one of them. Perhaps you might also know him, listener, as- Sanctorio Sanctorio, or Santorio Santori, or Sanctorius of Padua, or perhaps even Sanctorio Sanctorius. Spencer, you can add as many extra vowels to the end of his name as you want. I'm not going to recognize this guy. It's just not happening. And consonants. Dude's got more titles than Daenerys Stormboard, and most of them are just an extra C or I. <laughs> he does seem to be just like doing the find replace and just trying to find the, the particular code that unlocks his, <laughs> like, I don't know, medieval title. So anyway, March 29th, 1561, he's born in a modest home in Capodistria, which is a village within the capital of Istria, an island in the Adriatic Sea. His mother was a noblewoman in the village, which is now the modern-day city of Koper in Slovenia. His father, Antonio Santorio, was a nobleman. <laughs> Come on! I can't, I can't without laughing. Antonio Santorio... <laughs> <laughs> uh, was a nobleman from Friuli in the service of the Venetian Republic. He was both a bombardier in the Navy and a chief steward of munitions. I could not tell you his mother's name or what she did because history <laughs> loves women. Yeah, no, very loves much so. Them. We've established that. His education began in the capital city of Istra, but he was soon on to Venice and finally enrolling in the University of Padua in 1575. All right, we're getting closer to times that I know things about. <laughs> Let me tell you, Nathan. I don't know what I know about. I don't know shit about nothing, but I got this. Class of 75 at Padua U? <laughs> Those boys were some fucking animals. <laughs> we'll, get, we'll get there. We'll get there. Dean was always on their case, always coming down on him. At age 21, he was awarded his medical degree and spent his next year working as a doctor uh -oh. in various Eastern European countries. I love how he was awarded that degree. I do imagine back in that day, it was literally like they had a lottery and said, you're the doctor today, Santori. <laughs> they, they throw you in that in that like airtight vacuum and they blow all the tickets around you. And yeah. if you grab the doctor ticket, you get to come out a doctor. That's, that, that's exactly how this happens for me. 
And they give you a donkey, a cart, and you go around Eastern Europe. So it's not quite a practice. Uh, he's sort of just doing a world tour of Eastern <laughs> Europe. And I don't know how many long-term illnesses the man's going to get experience with if he's in town for a few days before hitting the road on horseback for another month. But it's a real he's, wandering he's, doctor. He's doing that real Trevor Belmont tour of the of how it goes. And it worked, <laughs> if it worked for him, it worked for anybody. You know, my head went to Yaskier from uh, The Witcher, but mm. here's where we start to remember that uh, 16th century Nathan is, it's spotty. It's got some holes. It does indeed. I do believe the last time I took us around that time frame, I took a bunch of children over the Alps. Absolutely. Abs- and, uh, and there was a lot of wishy-washy. There was a lot of, uh, there was a lot of question as to whether or not any of that shit actually happened. Exactly. Exactly. And we're going to... We, there's a taste of that here. There's, we're going to cop that flavor because in his doctor journey throughout Europe, he traveled through Italy, Croatia, Hungary, and possibly Poland. Whoa, oh, so this man starts in Italy, but then he goes full Slav. Yes. He goes like I said, Eastern full Europe. Slav. He's in that Eastern Bloc with this particular journal adding that there are unconfirmed reports that he was summoned to treat the king of Poland. So... <sighs> got to be careful with so I got a little I got a little curious unconfirmed reports so I did some further reading and another source quite matter of factly said he served as doctor to the king of Poland for 14 years well that's a bit of a discrepancy <laughs> reports though let's Un- talk about a word <laughs> unconfirmed reports is that like espionage shit like that we've received word <laughs> That I mean, Santorio Santorio has been spotted by the side of the King of Poland. I, I mean, honestly, though, at this point, does anyone even keep track of where the guy? I mean, he's just a dude, he's just That's, a random doctor man. Like, who does anyone write well, down where every doctor is at the time in the 1600s? There's plague happening, my man. I'm glad you've asked because, <laughs> I mean, let's say they're false. Let's say that he actually wasn't serving by the King of Poland. Someone lost track of a human being for 14 years. <laughs> I mean, my, I feel like people have lost track of me for about that long, just to, on various walkabouts <laughs> I go on. I mean, shit, I have my proclivities. I want to go off and be free, well, damn it. Well, 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 Nathan, as of yet, you're not the subject of a history podcast. <laughs> that is true. But I, I, I mean, am I, though? Is this not like a real long prestige podcast where it's all really about me at the end? Please, this is a lot of around. fodder. This is a lot of fodder for a true crime podcast uh, <laughs> a couple decades down the road. <laughs> God. Ain't nobody going to say they didn't see it coming. Nope, 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 nope. They saw it. They saw it. The writing was on the walls. And that's, Nathan, that is kind of a disputed gap of 14 years in Santorio's life. It did feels Santorio, wrong to refer to him on a first did, name. Did Santorio have anything to say about this gap, maybe? Or did he not write anything down for 14 years? It's entirely possible. You know what? I'm going to say both are very plausible. No he could have been living in the moment. Or that he wrote it and it didn't survive. That, no, that, that tracks. It's hard to say what arguments are for and against his occupation of Poland. Uh, but <laughs> one way or another, one way or another, the guy's missing about 17 years, depending on which timeline you look at. All of which we can assume he's spent as a traveling doctor on some fun escapades, probably getting a sidekick and you know solving a few mysteries here and there. Fighting, I mean, he's in the Eastern Bloc. He fights Dracula, obviously. What we do know is that by 1599, he'd returned to set up a medical practice in Venice. And while he was there, he, he joined a circle 
A little oh. guys club, a little Whoa. boys club. You said circle. I thought you were about to say circus. And I'm like, that's a weird way to do it in reverse. Normally you join the circus when you don't have career paths, not when you're a doctor. Joined a little um, a little fraternity, you could say, of educated men. Templars. Um, He's a Templar. We're doing an Assassin's Creed, aren't we? Uh, one of which was Galileo Galilei. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. So, of course, this is why I he's Galilee. Is it Galilee? I thought it was. Ah, well, Nathan, it wouldn't be the first time. <laughs> it won't be the last. And, of course, this is where he gets documented, right? Because, like, he just needed to intersect with another important person. Now he's back on track. And an important him. person. Yeah, no, because the king of Poland, fuck that guy. No one gives a shit. But, Who uh, gives a fuck? No, we, we murder among the, the ruling class of Poland often. Like, the turnover there is high. But, no, if you're it's hanging out- It's a very high turnover rate. If you're hanging out with Galileo, no, someone's going to write down your name. So this is where Santorio Santorio, uh, the doctor- becomes Santorio Santorio, the literal renaissance man. Oh, Jesus, no. In this circle of peers, he develops interests in philosophy and the experimentation aspect of being a doctor. He's a brighter mind, Nathan. He's not content with working with what he's taught. Rather, he's going to work up to what will be taught after him. Sure, sure. Maybe yeah, that right? seems that seems like a weird way. Like I'm gonna shoot myself into space so that they can study my body and find out what happens. This is a bit of a calling your shot, as it will. Um, now he's somewhere between I don't know 1611 and 1614 uh, accepts the role of chair of theoretical medicine at the University of Padua. I've pronounced that wrong every time I've said it. I don't know what the right one is. But if you keep don't doing tell me. it, if you keep doing it, eventually one of them will be correct. That's true. By by statistically, it'll be right eventually. While at the same time, he's continuing to practice medicine, uh, notably with the Venetian aristocracy. So around this time, he's dipped his toes uh, in inventions. Oh, good. Because back then, all you had to do was throw a dart at something, and you could have invented it. That's true. Um, and the question is, will he become a evil mad scientist inventor or like a Rick Moranis inventor? Now, I do know that I don't, I'm not aware of the Santorio um, unless that's a weird name for what you call Rick Santorum on like Sundays or something like that. Um, so I'm assuming the invention wasn't named after him. Um, unless of course it's the sanatorium. And then I think that was a mental hospital, which would be on track for this podcast, but I'm not putting any bets on this yet. Don't have a good It'd feel a real, for this guy. I'd be a real dyslexic jumble though. Wouldn't it? it From would. Santorio to the sanatorium. It would be, but I wouldn't put it past him. I mean, he, he added like 14 different endings to his name. He isn't really, he's not really that attached to it. That's fair. He did shuffle it up every time. So during this time, Santorio experimented uh, with many different instruments, uh, scientific ones, I mean. Among these, the wind gauge and the Ooh. water current meter. Ooh. He mainly focused on apparatus that could be used in medicine, such as a uh, device to measure pulse rates, known as the pulsologium. <laughs> oh, come on! Workshop it, please. What does and that even do? <laughs> And he also uh, worked on a tool, <clears throat> invented rather, a tool to remove bladder stones. Oh, those are used. I've heard those are painful. I'm sure a tool to remove them would be nice. Yeah, he invented the knife. So <laughs> he's also credited. I'm kidding. It was the straw. He also credited. Suck it out through the pee hole. Go. He also is credited, along with Galileo, to have invented the thermoscope. What now? I understood the first half of that word, and then the last half threw me for a loop-de-loop. And in particular, to have added the numerical scale to it. So when you put two and two together, 
Mofo made the thermometer. Fuck off! No, he didn't. Mm-mm. I mean, Santorio it says- <laughs> Santorio did not invent the fucking thermometer. Santorio Santorio, in fact, did develop the thermometer alongside Galileo Galileo. Fuck which off. one could be pulling far more weight. But- I was about to say, is he like the guy, like they're on a group project and he just got assigned and Galileo did all of it, <laughs> he just put his name on it at the Same. end? Like, come on. There's no way the traveling minstrel doctor that might have possibly worked on the king of Poland invented the goddamn thermometer. However, the invention that Santorio is most commonly associated with. Oh, hold on now. So the guy yeah. invented the thermometer, but that ain't the one. He, that ain't his greatest hit. He's got something better than the oh, thermometer. No. Oh, no, he's got one he can throw his full weight behind. All right. Hit me with it. And Nathan, this one is the static weighing chair. I feel like you should have stuck with thermometer, my bro. This was a self-built contraption. You don't say. <laughs> Galileo didn't pitch this one. You no know one. The static weighing thermometer chair was not a was not a collabo. This is all him. It was it was a built using a balance beam mechanism uh, comprised of a uh, sorry a big a big a big chair oh, God. on a. <laughs> on a platform that was suspended. Spencer, Spencer, God. keep it down, keep it down, keep keep those keep those uh, urges within you. We've been working through this. We've taken months. We've worked on this for months. Okay, it's okay. The big chair is not coming for you. There are no real big chairs. Big chair on a platform that was suspended from the ceiling Why? with a large Roman steelyard that enabled Santorio to monitor his body weight while sitting in it. That's a scale. Homie, homie, that's a scale. You invented a he, scale, my friend. He was very interested in this concept, body weight. And and I'm not sure how to sell this <laughs> hard enough, Nathan. What are you talking about? He's very interested in body weight. I mean, I get it. He's a he's an he's got some pro Anna tendencies. There's, he's on 1200 is enough on Reddit. I get it. I, but like why? <laughs> listen, listen. There's gain heads. There's fit bros, there's chubby chasers, motherfuckers into body weight. I mean, he just he doesn't have a particular, you know, proclivity for it. He just he wants it all. He doesn't care what kind. He just wants to know what weight you is. He was the pre- In- he was the precursor of that guess your weight game that they do at every every, you know, theme park and county fair. He knew. Oh, he knew. He was, he was actually looking to win. <laughs> In fact, Santorio spent much of his time in this static chair measuring his own weight before and after eating and drinking or while working and sleeping. Oh, I, oh, oh, so he wants to know if How sleeping How heavy am I while you, I sleep? He wants to know if sleeping, well, now who's test, who's keeping track of it while he's sleeping? Is there someone sitting by, is he, does he have a pawn sitting by that's keeping track of this for him? That, that intern has a sick job, wanted, <laughs> no skill required. You will watch me as I sleep and track my weight. <laughs> you must not touch my chair. My big chair. I worked with Galileo. <laughs> One time. Will provide reference. Did a collabo. Unpaid. Got, got my name on the thermometer. Hmm. This is a reverse internship. You will pay me. <laughs> God damn it. Really ahead of his time. Real, I mean, pioneering. He would even weigh himself... After evacuating his bladder and bowels. Why not? Because everyone always, I mean, let's be real. If you're listening to this podcast and you haven't taken a good poop and then gone and got on the scale just to see, just to find out. I mean, come on. We all know he was just ahead of the game on this one. It's cool. I I, I feel him on this one. Purportedly, 
He even weighed himself before, after, and during sex. The during is concerning. I want to know how the during, um, but before he wanted to know how much that that good sploosh weigh. Is that what he was trying to figure out? Is it the? I'm confused and I don't like any There's, of it. Hang on to that one because that's I. That's one of that's a fan theory of mine. Whoops, Diligently, whoopsie doo! Here comes the goo. I gotta weigh myself real quick. <laughs> Diligently measuring daily changes in his body weight. He often deprived himself of food just to see if he could measure any effect. Just see what the chair would do in response. I mean, again, again, really, is this the kind of patron saint of anorexics at this point? Like, what the hell? Oh, not quite. He likes to binge, purge, uh, everything in between, Nathan. He's the patron saint of bulimics? I mean, what the fuck? (laughs) He adds more apparati to the experiment. He and Galileo's thermomoscope uh, take constant temperature readings of him while he's in the chair. Oh. He even devises a tool to read the moisture content of the air around him. Isn't that a bar- what? Is that a barometer? No, that's air pressure. It, I don't think it's a barometer. That's air pressure. It's he developed something that could detect the. It's whatever detects humidity. Yeah, it's a it's a humidifier. No, not a humi- no a, a no humidoscope. It's not, the, it's not the, okay. A yeah, hu- it's a, a, a humidometer. Yeah, all right, we got there. We got there. We did it. We got a sync point for the episode. When I say this fascination took much of his time, I'm not exaggerating. Um, By the sounds of it, it took all of his time because he wanted to know what he weighed at all minutes of all hours of all days. You know, Nathan, you're not quite wrong because the daily experimentation stretched on and on. Days became weeks and then months. And after 14 years... Fuck off! Uh, no, was he doing this in Poland? He was doing this in Venice. So he lost 14 years to the Polish king and another 14 years to the weighing chair? He retired after 14 years from his role as chair of theoretical science. <laughs> but um, cha. Real, real to play spend on words more there. time. No! To spend more time in no! his big chair. No! No! You gotta retire from your real job to go sit in the chair more. Fuck off! Of, no! Of course... Of course, he still had a life, Nathan. He no. had things to do. Well, of course he did. He was apparently fucking enough that he could weigh himself before, during, and after. <laughs> but when he wasn't busy with work or, or Galileo. Incels everywhere. Look at this man. And then tell me you have an excuse. I don't want to hear it. <laughs> he retired. Oh, God. When he wasn't busy with work or Galileo or fucking, he'd be in this chair. He slept in the chair fuck nearly that, no. every single fuck night. You. When he isn't busy with fucking, when he is busy with fucking, he's in the chair. He's always in the chair. What was he trying to figure out? Nobody knows. What were his conclusions? Why his dad didn't love him, from what I understand about eating disorders, I don't know. Why, Nathan, was he living that big chair life? I, I can't. Please tell me. Tell me. Give me. Does that have something to do with the Polish king? That's a fun one. Like the court wizard cursed him for as many years as you've abandoned your service. You are damned to a big chair. Turns out his ancestors are the the ones that started the big chair movement in America. I I believe it. (laughs) In the course of his research, Santorio noticed that the amount of visible bodily expulsions were much smaller than the volume of material consumed as food and drink. Oh, so you Curious. absorb new you don't just you don't just eat a chicken and then shit a full chicken, Santorio. This is this is the kind of revelations you're coming up with, my friend. But that's the thing, he's tracking his weight every single day. So he's looking at these numbers and thinking, 
Okay. I'm eating more than I'm shitting out. Oh, no. And, and I'm not gaining that extra mass and weight, so I don't get it. So he concludes that the difference must have been lost through the skin or through the mouth during respiration. And he labeled this as, quote, insensible perspiration. Oh, okay. I thought boy was about to come up with, like, basal metabolic rate or something like that. Now I came up with something silly called I, b- invisible perspiration. This makes more sense. I'm okay with that. Oh, Nathan, he theorized that the amount of, uh, the amount being consumed would be proportional to the amount of liquid being perspired by the body to ensure good physical condition um, in the absence I'm, okay. of disease. No, no, absolutely not. If I eat a but chicken, if- I don't sweat a chicken. Fuck off. Have you considered Santorio's argument, though? <laughs> I, I I did, just now. And then I went and ate a chicken, came back, didn't sweat a chicken. As well as monitoring body weight changes, the weighing chair could also be used to regulate dietary intakes since the machine not only measured what was being consumed, uh, but could be used to ensure the person remained a set weight. Sure. Hear me out. I, I Some will. accounts of the weighing chair reported that when adequate amounts of food and drink had been consumed, the chair would drop down in response to the increased body mass, thus putting the table out of reach. God, no, stop it. Which in turn spurred him to eat less. Just picture little toddler arms like, (laughs) can't reach my chicken. I am imagining that you ate so much at one time that you've thrown off the balance of this so much that you can no longer reach your table. Stop it. Someone fucked this man. Uh, multiple Bear times. Bear in mind, he's been pissing and shitting into a scale. Oh, God. <laughs> in proximity it. to the chair, I assume. Doesn't want to spend uh, too much time outside the does, chair. Does the piss Does the piss and shit pot have its own chair? A little tiny chair next to him that he uses? It is a miniature chair. That's the only <laughs> way he found out to make a scale. <laughs> in chair format. It's got its own little chair. Oh, dear God. His argument here is build your own special chair and you too can become fit because you will eat so much you can't reach the food. <laughs> now, although... Although no, Santorio, if you stand if you stand on a scale while you eat and watch the number go up as you keep shoving McDonald's into your face, you'll eat less. You <laughs> underestimate my self-loathing, Santorio. Although Santorio used his weighing chair principally for his own copious measurements and experiments, he also used the device to evaluate and monitor his patients as well. So he's not so selfish after all. He'll give you a whirl on the special chair if you ask nicely. I don't know if this is going to be like in the interest of science sort of measuring. This feels more like a kink. As well as the prominent tome, Ars Distanique Medicina. Oh, yeah. Uh, which is so prominent, in fact, that I can't find a fucking copy of it. Yeah, no, everyone Santorio. knows Ars Medonic Demisia. Yeah, no, we all know. Oh, we all know. I can't I can't go to the goddamn post office without some beggar saying, please, sir, won't you buy another copy? It, oh, every, everyone. Santorio wrote several other notable publications, including <sighs> Methods for Avoiding Errors that Occur in the Art of Medicine. Uh, oh. How to Avoid Some Fucking Whoopsie Doodles in Medicine. <laughs> a How-To by Santorio Santorio. Poop in a bucket next to your uh, weighing chair that's also got its own bucket <laughs> for weighing. That's how you eliminate your falsities, my friend. I learned from Galileo. <laughs> I met Galileo one time. We we made this thing. You may remember the Thermomamoscope. Hmm? Which that's that's B tier shit. You've heard of my chair though, yes? <laughs> the static electromagnetic weighing chairomatic. Mm? Which okay, that that was published in 1602 and was highly regarded by other physicians. Everyone lauded that one. That one got some five star reviews. Sure. This article pondered how his research might have affected the works of Hippocrates, 
Galen and Avic- Avicenna. If only Avicenna could have sat in my chair, though. Just fucking think of it, man. Imagine you, the world. You did say Hippocrates, right? Like the guy that invented medicine. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Imagine oh, if he had okay. a chance to sit in this chair. Okay. The shit he would have come up with. <laughs> if only Hippocrates had known exactly how much my shit weighed when I made it, or how much the oops-a-doodle-goo-goo-goo that came out when I made the happy times weighed. Oh, the, if- the magic he could have done. Hey, if Hippocrates could have had the fucking post-nut clarity that Santorio Santorio had in his big fuck chair. You have got, oh my God. Let's cut the bullshit, Nathan. Let's yeah. get to the meat of it. Le- oh, we're not at the meat? How long did he sit in this big chair? Like consistently, or did he confine himself to it for like the rest of his life kind of thing? Because this feels like he could he could really have developed a kink about it, and this might just be the rest of his life. He died on that chair. For all intents and purposes, assume you spent 90% of your day at your desk. Um, you know, he spent 30 years in this big chair. I hate everything about this. You've got to be kidding me. <laughs> uh, and he's concluded after 30 years that because I eat more mass than what comes out, uh, but my weight isn't changing proportionately. I am therefore invisibly perspiring the extra mass. That's why. Why is that the only explanation? That it has to be I'm invisibly perspiring. Why? Okay, so it's a bold revolutionary idea that he's proposing. We're sweating all this inviso mass out. A groundbreaker in the physiological circles. This makes some waves for a little while. Um, and it was also very wrong. Uh, yes. <laughs> because it, it seems to me. Seems to me and you and just about everybody that has a valid opinion uh, that Santorio's data misses the mark because it doesn't account for his physical activity using the extra mass as energy. Uh, Yeah. Metabolism, essentially. Nevertheless, (laughs) though he wasted 30 years of his life on a bunk physiological theory, Santorio Santorio made history. With his big weighing chair. What kind of longest time someone spent weighing themselves continuously? What Guinness That's record right, is Guinness guy- Book of World Records. <laughs> Ripley's Believe It or Not. God this dude. motherfucker spent 30 years in a chair. Call Dean Kane. You want to know why? It's because it was literally the first quantifiable physiological experiment. Even though he did it for way too long and got the wrong answer... <laughs> He still if, established. If anything, the, this should have thrown out quantifiable data as like bullshit. Like fuck that shit. Go off your it gut really instincts. They really should. But that's the thing about data, though, is if you look back at his data, you would reach the right conclusion. He just didn't. He didn't think about it the right way. He didn't use it in the right context. So he's proven it's still the first legit experiment. For physiology. That can't be the first experiment. It can't be. I refuse. And yet. Think about it, though. It makes makes sense because. No, it doesn't. He is one of the first literal Renaissance men of the 16th and 17th centuries. I mean, coming out of the fucking Dark Ages and starting to actually figure out how shit works kind of makes sense. Except he didn't figure out how shit worked. He thought you invisibly perspired and he came up with a maybe a thermometer with Galileo. Right method, wrong solution. Oh, Jesus. He was made president of the Venetian College of Physicians in 1630. The same, they were like, oh, big chair dude. Woo! Get it, woo! He gave up his chair to make a chair, and now he's back as the chair. Woo! Speech, 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 speech. Fuck. 
the same year in which he was asked by the Venetian government to lead efforts against the Black Plague. Oh, no! Act, Fuck off! No, no, no. The plague, though. Um, and act as uh, head of public health for the city of Venice. Everybody get on my chair. We'll figure out how much the plague weighs. Santorio died on the 22nd of February, 1636. I've tried it your way, Europe. It sucks. I'm going to go back to my way. <laughs> at the age of 75 from a urinary tract infection. Was he on the scale at the time? Because if he was, we'd figure out how much a soul weighed when it left his body. <laughs> Woo! Santorio! Woo! You know, every once in a while, it was all dusty in his basement. He would just go down there, like, kind of dust off, and he would, he would almost sit in it. No. <laughs> Not no, put yet. that behind me. <laughs> I've done my time. <laughs> 30 years in that chair. His use of medical instruments and quantitative measurements helped lay the foundations of modern medicine, but also made him the founding father of metabolic studies oh, and the first documented off. Weight Watcher in the history of science. The founder now, of metabolic studies, the founder of invisible perspiration studies. Get fucked. It's like saying the inventor of the fireworks is the fucking founder of space travel. I mean, thank you. Though I don't believe his home has survived in uh, at all, uh, nor the chair, the street on which he was born has been renamed Via Santorio. So y'all not, go enjoy that. Not, now, is that for his first name or his last name? One of the greatest mysteries of modern life. You've been listening to the Cock and Bull Podcast. Jesus. As always, links to our other shows are in the yeah. description. Um, as a little extra, I have a special plug. Uh, the day we're recording this, I launched a little passion project of mine for the past month. Yes, he did. It's very good. It's a 22-minute review of one of my favorite games of all time. Not quite a review. The premise of the show, though, is that every time I fail at a video game, I have to say one nice thing about it. Uh, this one is about Paper Mario, The Thousand-Year Door. Uh, it's, it's a real love letter to one of my favorite games. But the next one is going to be just an ode to how hard I can avoid being a, a cynical bitch. As I say, <laughs> 378 nice things about Metal Gear Solid 2 Sons of Liberty. And at least 300 of those will be Mads Mickelson related. Just just, just letting you know right now, gang. Got anything special, Nate? Not even a little bit. I'm fucking throttled right now. I just did Mark's, I did Mark's <laughs> Madness before this, and I'm, I, I forget that yelling for three consecutive hours uh, takes it out of you. I'm, I'm out. I got nothing.